Hello everybody and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, a long-awaited promise is fulfilled because uh, in the middle of last year, we asked for you, our wonderful audience, to pick a trilogy of films for us to review. And then as soon as you picked it, the sag after strikes took place and we stopped reviewing films to be in solidarity with the strikes. And now... Uh, those strikes are over and we're back to doing episodes, we can finally do the trilogy that you asked us to do. That trilogy being the first three films in the A Nightmare on Elm Street series. Ooh, spooky horror in the middle of February. Ooh. Ah, terrifying. Uh, joining me, we have uh, two guests for this first film, simply called A Nightmare on Elm Street. We have someone who has seen the film before and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, it's Andrew Dawson! Yeah. <laughs> so brave and strong. <laughs> How are you, Dawson? Terrified. Terrified. Yeah. Yeah. Big, big, scary film. Yeah. Big, okay. scary film for mm. a big, scary boy. I mean, you are quite tall. Yep. That I, w- one. I wouldn't say scary. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm glad you said at the beginning films I definitely should have seen before because mm. I definitely should have seen this before. Mm. It's one of those ones that's been on my list for a very long time. Do you like horror films? I'm I'm more of a fan of like less slashery kind of films. Still a little bit, mm. um, but more like the thrillery kind of psychological ones. They're okay. they're more my kind of horror. Okay. Um, but still still a, still a fan of them. Still enjoy them. Um, and what do you know about a nightmare on Elm Street? Uh, I know that there is a nightmare mm-hmm. on an Elm Street. Oh, he's oh, good. He's yeah. got it. He's got it in one. Uh, no, this is the one with with uh, Freddy Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger. Yes. Yeah. And I got told us talking about it last night with um with our friend Mr. McArdle, and he was saying look out for I think it was the upside down waterfall. Mm. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like. You'll know it when you see it. Mm. I mean, that's, okay. That's technically not a waterfall, then, though, he, is he it? He said, no. like, a water feature, a water fountain, then a waterfall. Yeah. Like, he got... Yeah, trying to describe it without describing it mm. in too much detail. Okay. Yeah. When it, when it happens, you'll definitely know. Okay. Yeah, he'll cool, go, cool, cool, cool. oh, <laughs> you'll hear that noise. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Wonderful. <laughs> well, uh, luckily, we have someone who has seen the film before who is joining us. Uh, will you please welcome to the microphone, Mr. Shane Adamsat. Oh, it's me! Yay! I'm back! Yes, welcome back, Shane. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. I'm very, very excited for this movie. Indeed. So, in a vague, non-spoilery sort of way, mm-hmm. what is A Nightmare on Elm Street about? Um, it is about a house on a street called Elm Street. Damn! Where some teenagers are about to get into a whole lot of scary nonsense with a man with knives for fingers. So it's Edward it Scissorhands. It's yeah. Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. And are you a fan of the horror genre, Shane? Look, I'm, I'm definitely... I am, but I really lean towards the sort of more comedic side of uh, horror. Like, I don't like just straight up slasher scary gore fest. I like stuff like, you know, like the Evil Dead and mm. like the Final mm. Destination films that like are aware that they're a little bit tacky and they're a little bit hokey and that's what I like about them. Okay. Um, and this franchise definitely roller coasters through the various stages of being quite a serious horror movie and being very, very silly to the point you're like, oh, this isn't scary. This is kind of dumb. Okay. <laughs> and and for this first one, though, where, where do you think that sits on the uh, scary to serious... Sorry, silly to serious role? I'd say it's pretty scary, this one. Okay. If, like, if I... Because I have, like, very vague memories of watching this when I was, like, too young. Mm. Like, at, like, 
in like a friend's like house, like and their older brother had rented it and we weren't supposed to be watching kind of thing. And then only quite recently, I watched the entire Nightmare on Elm Street series, like every single one. How many are there? So I'm pretty sure there's eight all up, including the Freddy vs. Jason movie. Mm. Some people don't consider that to be like part of the canon, but having just watched it, I think you should. Excellent. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, well, with all that being said, shall we watch A Nightmare on Elm Street? Okay, I hope it's not scared. too spooky. <laughs> For those of you listening at home, pop on those DVDs, load up those streaming services, and remember, whatever you do, don't fall asleep. As we watch A Nightmare on Elm Street. Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching A Nightmare on Elm Street, and I'm joined once again by Shane Adamsack. Hello! And Andrew Dawson. Bonjour! Are you sure this isn't still the movie? Oh! Is this reality? Are we awake? I don't know! I mean, did we fall asleep during it? I don't Almost. It's hard to No, I'm joking. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dawson, that was your first time watching A Nightmare on Elm Street. What did you think? I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, for me, it's hard to judge uh, whether I... Actually, not excluding this, uh, whether I actually like old like eighties, early nineties films because you know sometimes the special effects isn't aren't quite there. The mm. music's not what you used to. Like everything's always a bit off. So you're like, would I have enjoyed it if I watched it in that time, or do I still enjoy it now? But like, yeah, I I genuinely thoroughly enjoyed that. Mm. It was good. It was my first time watching it as well, and it's really fun, Shane. It's yeah, a, it's a really fun horror film like and you're right it does seem to sit in that serious to silly um sweet spot in the middle yeah and in terms of like the the franchise this being the first one this is definitely one of the more serious ones it gets freddie gets wackier as as time goes on and to many people don't think that was a good choice Mm. yeah well i was a bit surprised that they didn't lean into more of the it was in like one of the first few scenes when his arms get really long (laughs) yeah that ridiculous run that he does yeah that was kind of the only time he wasn't serious or like mm. the rest of the time he was actually being scary but that time he was like oh look at these arms hey, yeah there's hey, hey. a few little moments yeah the elongated arms are like but if you did see that though i'd find that very <laughs> scary i would be running you're like these arms aren't supposed to be that long yeah anyone who's watched doctor who recently will know <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, my arms are too long it's a real problem yeah um but yes uh I, he he's got a bit of a bugs bunny quality to him does old um old freddy krueger um The thing that I really enjoyed and the thing that made me like him uh, the most was just a really simple thing of, um, I think it was Tina when she was having her nightmare and was running back to the house and she runs past a very thin tree. Yeah. And then Freddy just steps out from behind it like a cartoon character does, where it's not possible for him to have been behind that tree. It's like he he almost could look right at the camera and go, ain't I a little rascal? And then just run straight at you, you know? Yeah. um, He's he's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, Yeah. he's, He's just... I mean, he's a child murderer. Yeah, but as far as child murderers go, he's a he's a laugh. But, he's a hoot. He's a fun one. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, for your, for your slasher movie villains, yeah, he's a lot. He's he's a, he's a lot of fun. I think he certainly he's got a lot more laughs here than old Mike Myers in bloody Halloween. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to say as well. I really enjoyed that. Uh, I think it was maybe maybe third of the way through ish, where you see that he. Like, I think it makes him much more scary when he cuts himself open and there's like the maggots in there. Mm. Yeah. Because you can see 
straight up that he can't really get hurt. Yeah. Whereas yeah. other, you know, other humans get stabbed and they're like, ow, blood still comes out, you know, that you can hurt them. But he's like, no, I'm just going to cut myself. Exactly. That. Yeah, one of the first thing he does when he chops his own finger off, he's just like, oh, huh? Yeah, huh? Well. Can't be hurt. Yeah. Here I am. And Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> but we learned that he does have something he doesn't like, which is fire. Yeah. Uh, because um, the, the basic plot of the movie is um, a bunch of teenagers start getting murdered, and it's because it's a ghost of a child murderer from a couple of years back that all the parents in the town mob justice to death. Yeah. Um, and he's still not fond of being burnt. That's why his skin's all melty and, yeah. and horrible. And so, yeah, he wants revenge on all the kids of the parents that killed him. Yeah. In their dreams. But like we were saying during the movie as well, very cool... Uh, backstory that the parents it was something about the justice system somebody didn't sign something which meant that he got free so the parents were like no that's not okay we're gonna go kill this guy Mm. and they did and it's it's so frustrating to like the way all the parents act up until you realize what the backstory is and why they all know about Freddy Krueger you're just like you're the worst parents you're all alcoholics you're trying to make your children sleep and it was your fault and then Mm. you find out the backstory and you're like all right Oh, you killed a person. Oh, you killed a guy. Right. And then you don't want your kids to be dead. Fair enough. Yeah. It, I mean, the cops were still pretty useless. Oh, the cops. Absolutely yeah. useless in this movie. I mean, I, mean, I, know, I know we were all going on about Garcia uh, <laughs> losing the keys. <laughs> but that other cop, the one that, towards the end, where she's like, go get my dad. And he's like, everything's okay, sweetie. Like, was like, God. Screaming yeah. from the balcony for help. Yeah. And he's yeah. just, eh. It's fine. Protect and serve, it. man. Protect and serve. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, there was there was like a good balance of of sort of like the authority figures who just ain't listening, but at the same time, severely damaged people that killed a child murderer. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, like it is really interesting that the, the character of Marge, um, Nancy's mum, I really thought was just going to be a very typical. Uh, wine mum from the eighties. Yeah, it's and, great the way they set it up. Yeah, and she's not, and and the, the you know the way she reveals the story of uh, the 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 mob justice and them taking out Freddie when the legal process failed in the, in their view. Um, really great, like just really compelling, and I wasn't expecting that because that character so often in films is just oh time for five o'clock time for a margarita. You know yeah, that's yeah. that's it. She's it's like oh no she's drinking she's really damaged. Yeah, um, yeah, but just. Just really, I'm surprised how well considered a lot of the characters were. Because for a lot of these, you know, American 80s slasher films, that's usually just, all the characters are like Rod, basically. Rod is, you know, a pretty typical, just like, hey, whoa, I'm, yeah, a, yeah. I'm a jerky boyfriend kind of Chow, guy. chow, chow. Yeah, chow, chow, chow. <laughs> chow, chow, chow. Yeah, walks, walks straight off the set of Grease and onto this set, yeah. you know. But, but a Leather lot of, jacket and all. Yeah, but a lot of the other characters have got, um, something to them. I think Nancy's great um, as a protagonist. Yeah, and I, what I really like is that uh, the way Tina's kind of set up in the first moments of the film as if she's going to be the main character, mm. sort of similar to what Wes Craven did later on with Drew Barrymore in the Scream movies, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and then, of course, she just gets hacked up pretty early on and then mm. Nancy takes over as the main main character. And she's like, she's great. She's really strong and she's like, she's solution-based, you know? Mm. She's not just waiting around to get hacked up by mm. knife hands. I mean, her mother is alcohol solution based. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's, <laughs> it runs in the family. But yeah, Nancy's just this. She's. I re- I really liked the fact that we were kind of solving the puzzle of what Freddy Krueger is with her. Yeah. Um, and that she then has the, the bravery and the gumption to go. Well, everyone's just getting murdered, so I might as well fight back. And she's like, I'm determined to like drag him from the dream world. 
and yeah. bring him into the real world so my dad can arrest him, which is both like a brilliant plan and a really dumb plan because yeah, yeah. he's some yeah. Freddy's this sort of like vengeful ghost dream goblin. I don't think you can arrest the ghosts. I don't. I don't think that's a. I think the Ghostbusters are the only people that are allowed to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was great seeing that uh, the Home Alone traps being built in 20 minutes, which I'm still skeptical about. Mm. Yeah, but in 80s um, movie time, it doesn't count. It's very different. Yeah. It's very different. Um, but it was it was nice seeing it not set up as your typical horror slasher film. The end, the the, the last act, it, it felt yeah. very different to just. Oh, we'll just wait and find out who the murderer is and kind of hope for the best. Yeah. yeah. It was a bit like, you know, you said you had a preference, Dawson, for the sort of more thriller horrors than the, the sort of more five teenagers in a cabin until there's one kind Except of. Except for horror. Cabin in the Woods. That's Except, a great film. But that's, great because film. It, but that's because it subverts the whole thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, th- this one did have a lot more thrillery elements. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I really enjoyed the. There were a couple of moments where you weren't sure at first if it was dream or real life, and then something happened. Like in the in the bathtub, mm. she's lying in the bathtub. Hand comes out of the oh, water. Such a good shot. And you're just mm. like, damn, that's like, oh, it's not slashery at mm. all because no one gets you know slashed. slashed. But it's just... And it's so invasive as well, because, you know, this is a young woman who's we've seen go through a bunch of shit already, and she's in the bath, so obviously, you know, she, she's nude, and she's in a... You're always vulnerable in the bath. Nobody, nobody's power position in a movie. I, no one's arguing with you about that. Yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> but, but, then, but then just to have, like, that shot where she's lying there, and then the hand coming up between the legs, yeah. and then the knock on the door, and it disappears again was like, that was really good. Like, ooh. And what a like great practical shot as yeah. well. Like, ev- I think there's pretty much everything is practical effects in this movie. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Um, did you have a favourite practical effect, Dawson? I I actually had practical effects written down in my in my notes here as well because mm. I all of them were really good. Mm. Again, like even the weird arms at the start. Like, yeah. just it all. It's like going back to old Star Wars times as well. Like practical effects, especially in those like the 80s 90s decade just looks so much better Mm. than cgi even when they look fake it's still more real than Mm. crappy you can tell that it's it's there yeah and it's actually the arms of two guys up in the rafters with fishing rods (laughs) which i think is what that was yeah Uh, um yeah i i i did i think i really did enjoy all of the getting pulled into the mattress scenes yeah yeah because yeah. i feel like that wouldn't have been easy to do i guess into the bath as well but all of like the yeah the getting pulled in things mm. and then the tv probably falling on oh god what was his name again glenn, uh, glenn. yeah glenn yeah bloody glenn young johnny depp um <laughs> yeah i gotta forget yeah um but yeah the tv went on after him and i was like oh Bet he probably got hurt in that TV falling on him. Yeah. But yeah, all those I feel like they're not easy that easy to pull off and they just look visually mm. really cool. Yeah. Um I think we need to give a shout out to um the thing that you were warned about by a friend of ours. <laughs> the waterfall of blood. Yeah. Um, I understand now why he just left it at waterfall without yeah. saying much else. Yeah. Cause that, uh, after baby Johnny Depp's character is pulled for the mattress and killed, just that water shooting up and the fact that it's an upside down shot and they yeah. clearly just put the bedroom upside down and shot all of this gushing red liquid through looked brilliant yeah yeah really really cool all the stuff and with nancy's death as well where she's getting essentially chucked around by invisible freddy krueger and it's like you know a rotating set i think they use the same set for both both those rooms I think yeah yeah because you've got 
it, 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 they did a really good composition as well because you've got Rod on the ground yeah. looking up and you see Tina just flipping around in the corners yeah. and she's getting the blood everywhere. Like, yeah. So he's, so much so he's I think in that shot, he's like strapped to a chair, essentially yeah. hanging upside down for that shot. Yeah. Which is amazing. And then she's getting flipped around and covered in blood. Yeah. And it just looks so gory and real. And you, like it really, you get the sense that there's, there's um, you know, momentum throwing her around. There's something moving her character around. Hmm. And I mean, she literally is used to bludgeon Rod yeah. in the face at yeah. one point. Like she, she gets swung and hits poor Rod right in the chops. And it was, um, yeah, it, it, it's just, it, it's really fun. And it, it really just does just feel like there's a lot of care that's gone into this film. Yeah. Like there's a lot, there's a lot of attention to detail that's been, been thrown in. But I did have uh, a <laughs> note down for that scene and her mother getting pulled into the bed where for some reason I know that people would be in shock seeing things like this mm. but both Garcia and uh, Nancy and Glenn when they're oh. looking at people oh no not Glenn um, Greaser guy oh Rod Rod yeah um, when they're both looking at you know shit happening they're both just kind of just staring like oh mm. no what is going on and you're mm. like Supernatural shit is happening. Yeah, that's a good point. Because like, if, <laughs> if that was a modern movie, you could use the excuse to like, well, I was just staring at like a green tennis ball in the green background, and I didn't know what they were going to put there. But the fact that it's like actually in front of them, you think mm-hmm. you'd, they'd get a bit more of a reaction from the actors. But yeah, I, yeah. I think it's that tricky thing of because it's a supernatural event. We all have thoughts of what a reaction should be to that, but there's yeah. no universal truth to what your True. reaction would be. And if you go too far, you end up in Troll 2 territory, where you end up with someone going, they're eating her, and then they're going to eat me! Oh my <laughs> oh god! god. <laughs> like, that that would ruin it. I was going to say, I was very happy. Very good example. <laughs> I was very happy they didn't go over the top with, like, you know, the hands going down the face, like, oh no, yeah, no! Yeah. But yeah. yeah. But, I suppose you'd be in shock. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 difficult, but, but I think it's... It didn't ruin anything no, for no, me, though. Yeah. But I was just... when when Especially Garcia. It's like, this is your wife getting sucked into a mattress. Mm. And he's like, oh... That wasn't Garcia, though. Garcia's the guy that lost the keys. Mr. 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 Head Cop. Um, I'm getting my names mixed yeah. up. I, I just wrote Nancy's dad. In Nancy's dad. Yeah, that one. That, Nancy's um, dad, the cop. Don. Don Thompson. Don. Yeah, that's uh, who I said. Don Thompson. Don Thompson. Yeah. Can we just edit all of that out and replace it with Don Thompson? Uh, no, I'm afraid. Yes. It's, it's all in. That's okay. <laughs> um, I can tell you, though, that um, uh, Garcia... Um, oh, it's confusing. Sorry. The, Rod Lane was played by someone whose surname is Garcia. So. Oh, that is confusing. Yeah, I'm just looking at it going, uh-oh, getting getting confused there. Um, but it's, it's, it's a really, like, logical film as well. Like, after, after Rod is um, killed in the cell and Nancy's not sleeping and her mum goes, well, I'm going to take her to the sleep psych hospital. I'm like, yeah, yeah. That it feels like that's a decision in other films. You'd be like, well, we can't afford a, a hospital set, so they're just gonna have to go. Oh no, you just stay at home, darling. Yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. Whereas this is like, no, we're gonna go to the to the sleep hospital. We're gonna see what this looks like. We're gonna see how this happens, and we're gonna get another freaky sleep scene. Um, but the thing I loved about that scene is we don't see Freddy at all. We yeah. don't see what dream she has that time. We, we- just see. The impact in the real world. Yeah. And, and the hat. And the hat. Yes. The very cool hat. Yeah, the manky hat. Because um, that is one of the things I think that I dislike about a lot of slasher films is just the silly 
choices that people make. Yeah. Mm. That I can't obviously speak from my own experience being chased by a guy with a knife. Mm. But you have um, you have a logical brain that's like, well, don't go up there. Yeah. That's where the that's where the man with the machete is. Exactly. But yeah. this, like you're saying, it's logical. They do things. What I think, what you would do in real life, minus maybe some of the Home Alone stuff. At the yeah, end. yeah. But yeah, it takes logical steps. It's like, yeah, that's probably what I would do if I was having wacky dreams or I thought someone was trying to murder me. Yeah, and you're 100% like set up to you know dislike the choices of the parents, but you know your logic brain goes, well, yeah, actually, you would probably want to make sure they stay in the house and they get some sleep because they're going insane. But you're still like, ah, parents just don't understand. <laughs> yeah, but also, you know, things like the bars on the windows make yeah. sense. The fact that Glenn's parents, particularly Glenn's dad, is like, oh, God, oh, stupid Glenn's dad. Yeah, he's, he, he is bad, but, yeah. it's, it, but it makes sense him going, oh, I think that girl's gone loopy. Like, you know, whatever it is that he said in that bit. Just, and then him going, he, he's asleep. You can talk to him tomorrow. Badoosh, puts the phone down. You know, it's, it's, it's all makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's all logical. Because they're teenagers. Yeah. Like... Of course he wouldn't want him talking late at night. He's like, no, get out of here. Yeah. It was almost midnight. Like, it was like, <laughs> you should all be asleep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's fun. Um, baby Johnny Depp, we should probably talk about. Little baby Johnny yeah, Depp. I've mentioned it. Pre-21 Jump Street Johnny I know. Depp. He doesn't really look like Johnny Depp. No, it, it, he looks more like Charlie Sheen in this film, mm. to be honest. Maybe it's the haircut. It's, I think it's very much the hair. Yeah. But um, he's he's all right. There's, he doesn't look out of place in this film, which I think is both a good and not a good thing. It's mm. good in the sense it's not like, oh, here's someone who is destined for stardom. Yeah. And everyone else is just hanging around. Yeah, he like, doesn't like, like outshine anybody. Yeah, like Chris Pratt and Everwood, you know? <laughs> it's not like, oh, there's this guy that's going to be a huge star and a bunch of everybody else's. Yeah. Um, but then on the flip side, his performance was that of a mid-80s teenager-y slasher film, so... It's a bit average. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if he fulfilled the brief, yeah. you know, it's what you expect. Yeah. Um, he, he really lets Nancy down a couple of times. Mm. Don't, ja- don't date that character. He's just always falling asleep. He had one job. He said he sleeps like a rock, though. He blew it no, three times he, in this movie. He, he told her. He said, I sleep like a rock. That yeah. was a bad person to be. Yeah. As someone who sleeps like a rock, um, I, I would not be a good person to, to do the stay, keep me awake thing. Mm. Um, I want uh, fun fact. Um, my bedroom is on the other side of that wall. Yep. And so, which wall for the listeners? Uh, that wall. Oh yeah, oh, that uh, one. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. They've got binaural sound. In Have this. you ever they seen a, Has a Freddy Krueger ever come out of the wall in a really cool practical effect? Uh, no. Mm. Although that was an incredibly cool effect. But mm. one morning, my um, father-in-law had come round to drill some stuff into that wall. Right. And I was still in bed, still asleep, because you know it was it was before nine o'clock. Sure. Um, and. He'd come round early and, um, yeah, my, my wife was basically saying, oh, Stephen's still asleep. And he was like, yep, I just started drilling in the wall anyway. <laughs> and when I father-in-law it, move. Uh, yeah, I know. And when I, when I woke up, um, uh, Ellen came in. She was like, oh, I'm sorry about dad drilling in the wall. And I was like, what? <laughs> uh, I had slept through somebody drilling for about five to ten minutes wow. in the wall next to me so that is impressive yeah as that a, is sleeping like a rock yeah as a sleeping like a rock Did you have person. weird construction dreams no no <laughs> i had no dream i just woke up i was like what oh okay that's that's good to know all right um so yeah um i'll keep that in mind if i ever plan on burgling you <laughs> just make as much noise as possible yeah, be like oh don't even luckily we have uh, we have other people who are light sleepers uh, around here so you just got to deal with ugh, it. i never get to do what i want to do <laughs> yeah but more if, if shane if you were in a situation Let's 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 play with this, right? Okay. You're in a situation where you've got a Freddy Krueger type figure, yeah, who's 
come to you in a nightmare and they've said, I'm, I'm going to kill you. Mm. And you know, but you're now here in the real world. Yep. How do you combat them? Well, I mean, the first, I, I think I would like, I like the booby trap idea, but I'm going to smash a bunch of Red Bulls and spend like, as like at least a full day awake planning the booby traps mm. well. Mm. And I'm going to get three or four friends who are willing to stay awake mm. in shifts. That's a good plan. I'm going to have a couple of backup awake friends. That's that's the thing that really let everyone down, just having that one person. So it's like in like a D&D game where someone takes watch. Yeah. But you want at least two people on watch at all times. Yeah. Keeping okay. each other awake, mm. keeping an eye on me. Mm. That's my plan. That's, that's not bad. Yeah. All right. Have you got a thought, Dawson? How would you combat this? Now that you said spending the whole day planning, mm. I want to add that to my list. But my, <laughs> yeah. thing, my thing was mainly just having uh, a, a reliable person... Um, or people watch over me um, while I sleep so that as soon as something did happen, they could wake me up. And then um, similar thing, I feel like once I realized I could take things out of the dream, I don't think I'd try and take uh, Freddy out of the dream. I think I'd f- try and find other cool things to take out of the dream, to be honest. Like, oh, what? just for fun and profit. Yeah, mm. just while I'm there. Be like, oh, dream cool. about it like PlayStation 5. And you're like, <laughs> oh, oh, thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think my plan would be to fall asleep somewhere where there are a lot of people asleep. Oh, okay. And use them as bait. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I see where you're going. A lot of trial and error. So yeah. like the first thing that came to mind as a former scout was like the scout jamborees where there's just <laughs> oh, thousands <no>. of people. <laughs> Admittedly, I've realized that that's thousands of children. <laughs> yeah, but presumably they'll all be prepared. But but well, yes, that's they, just it. Yeah, the scouts, right? They'll be prepared. And also Freddy is a child murderer. He can't resist. Yeah, he'll so love if, that. So if, if I get together with all the scouts and we go, right, we're going to earn our killing a ghost badge. <laughs> <laughs> and so, because you've got all the scouts there, you've got all the sixes and seconders that can do the watching over. They've all got booby trap skills. They've all got sharp implements. I tell you, you just find a jamboree and, and Freddy's gone. He, he ain't lasting the night. That's I'll be honest, Jamboree never crossed my mind, but I'm not disagreeing with you. It's a pretty good plan. All I can picture now is a bunch of scouts just jumping on him and him just having scouts hanging off him at yeah, every yeah. point and them just getting their little pocket knives, yeah. little multi-tools just like stabbing into him. Yeah, their little neckerchiefs on. <laughs> Adorable. Yeah, tightening the woggle. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Good plan. Good yeah, plan. Okay. Pretty good. That's good. All right. So we have, mine. <laughs> uh, if you ever find yourself in that situation, uh, listener, you know what to do. Find your nearest scout camp. And... <laughs> Just head to your nearest jamboree. <laughs> um, the ending of this film. Mm-hmm. I'm a little. I'm a little perplexed, Shane. Yeah. Um, when when did when was Nancy last awake? Why did they? When did they? Well, see, I've just, like I said, I've just finished watching all these movies back to back and yeah. also watching like a quite lengthy documentary about it. Mm. So that end scene was something that was tacked on later mm. on. And I think, you know, you kind of get that vibe. Originally, I think Wes Craven just wanted it to end when Nancy like killed Freddy Krueger at yeah. the end. Like mm-hmm. that's supposed to be the ending. But they wanted this kind of like, oh, maybe he's coming back thing. You know, let's set it up for potential sequels kind of mm. thing. So we get this weird sequence with them all in the car, which becomes like the Freddy Krueger car. Yeah, which was cool. It was cool. So, so. Okay, so what you're, what I'm thinking then, based on that, is she tells him go away. He does the blue fade yeah. fairy dust thing, and then the next scene where she walks out and it's daytime. Yeah, time has passed in between, and yeah. this is like her next dream, and it's them essentially going, "Oh no, Freddie's still here." Yeah, yeah. Because then that explains why all the friends were there. It explains why her mum was there and gets pulled through the window at the end. In a very convincing practical <laughs> effect that I believe costs up to and including $5. Wow. <laughs> yeah. 
that's expensive. Um, but but so that's almost like a dream because we 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 are going to watch films two and three. Yeah. May I ask, uh, or is it a spoiler to know if there are returning characters other than Freddy? Um, there. Are, so most of the sequels have at least one or two characters from the previous movie in them. Right. Um, the second one, however, which mm. you're about to watch next, um, doesn't have any returning. So characters. no Johnny Depp. No Johnny Depp. Just what's the point? Just what's, Freddy. He does come back. As oh, a he different does. character in a different movie. Oh, okay. In the franchise later on. Oh, wait, sorry, different character as yeah, well. Yeah, he plays a different character he plays later on. Captain Jack Sparrow. Yes, <laughs> in a dream sequence. Yeah, when Disney took over the franchise, it just went weird. <laughs> it took a real it got turn. Real weird. So, yeah, I mm. would say uh, for whoever's about to do the, the next two movies with mm. you, I really feel very sorry for whoever's about to watch number two mm-hmm. and very excited for the people that are about to watch number three. Okay, so two's not great. Two's not great. But three is Three is one good. of my favourites. Okay. And it's, it's yeah. I think, widely regarded as one of the better ones. Okay. Dream Warriors is pretty sick. Mm. Is that what it's called? Dream Warriors? Yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. Cool cool name. It is a yeah. cool name. Yeah. Yeah. Because the second one is Freddy's Revenge. Yep. Yeah. That's boring. And if I'd like you to please report what the revenge he got is in the movie, because <laughs> I couldn't see it. I mean, if he's the only character. Yeah. And the, the Nancy's not there. Yeah. It feels like pretty empty revenge. Yep. Okay. You get the nail on the head, buddy. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, I look forward to to seeing the absent revenge. Yeah. Next, Freddy Krueger to Nightmare Boogaloo. Yeah. It really should be called like Freddy's Return or something. Nightmare Krugaloo. I feel like it should be. Ooh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> Um, it's, it's fun. There's a lot of really good, um, as we say, visual imagery. There's some pretty good iconic lines. Like the, as soon as the kids start doing the one, two, Freddy's coming for you. It's like, oh, that's where that's from. Yeah. Okay. And so the, the iconic song with the kids in all white skipping and stuff, that's, that's going to, that's, you Mm. know, one of the icon iconography things that's going to pop up Mm. throughout the series. Sweet. Yeah. And Dawson. Yes. Uh, the tongue coming out of the telephone. I had a very physical reaction. You did. <laughs> you look didn't, like, didn't so, like that one bit. You look like someone had slapped you in the face. Yeah. It was, uh, slapped me in the face with a tongue telephone. Yeah. Um, w- w- what specifically wigged you out? Was it just the sudden appearance of a tongue in a telephone? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think it was the... Did it actually lick her? I can't remember. But I don't think it was anything that actually did. It was just the fact that it was there and I was not expecting it. And mm. it just yeah. hit the screen... And it's a like, set up tense moment when the phone rings and you know that it's been unplugged. So you're like, oh, okay, we're probably in a dream. Mm. This is not good. And mobile phones aren't a thing. Not a yeah. thing yet. But yeah. then tongue telephone. I was like, oh, that's the last thing that I expected to see, yeah. which mm. was great. Because I don't want it to just be a jump scare where Freddy Krueger comes out. Because, oh, what a surprise. But tongue telephone, that's great. That's mm. that's where the money's at for me. Yeah. yeah. No, it was good. Would you like some trivia about uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street? Always and forever. Okay, uh, all of this trivia comes from IMDb, so if it's not true, don't blame me. Too bad. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. Uh, <laughs> terribly sorry, uh, but I have not vetted this whatsoever, so deal with it. Okay. <laughs> and I'm... Could this be an um-actually moment for someone who's just watched the, the documentary? Yeah. Oh, well, well could be. Um, let's start with <clears throat> New Line Cinema was saved from bankruptcy by the success of this film and uh, was then jokingly nicknamed the house that Freddie built following mm-hmm. it. Really? Yeah. And, yeah, New Line Cinema, pretty pretty big deal. 
you know. Now, I mean, they're like they did like Lord of the Rings and stuff. Yeah. you know, before you know, after all this happened. But they were they were going out of business if this wasn't yeah. a big success. Yeah, this this franchise definitely was the roller coaster that brought New Line back big mm. time. So every time you enjoy watching Lord of the Rings, just yeah. just think of a tongue sticking out of a telephone. Great, thanks. Now I will. Right. Win win. All of the boiler room footage in the film was shot in the basement of the Lincoln Heights Jail in Los Angeles, wow. which was condemned shortly afterwards um, because of high levels of asbestos. Oh, good. Mm. How fun for everyone involved. I bet this franchise absolutely kept in business like a bunch of boiler room sets because <laughs> it comes back time and time again. Have you ever worked on a set that maybe you've suspected was not entirely OHS approved? Um, I once did a theatre show in a venue where I fell through the floor That's and I was not on the ground floor and oh. like literally my leg went through a floorboard oh, wow. and I looked down and it was like a two-story drop. So that that wasn't great. You didn't fall all the way. I, I didn't fall, like just my leg fell through. But like if I, you know, if I was like a heavier dude, mm. potentially I could have. And I think about that all the time. <laughs> oh, no yeah. wonder he stays so spry. Yeah. The floor could <laughs> get just like at any moment, any moment this could happen again. Yeah. Dawson and anything like that for you? Um, I, I've had friends that have worked on uh, sets where uh, I, I, there've been lots of fire, and oh, even yeah. with uh, lots of fire marshals and things in place, uh, things still got a little bit out of hand. Mm, yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm going to too much detail, but yeah, mm. but not 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 safe conditions. Yeah, fire is a very uncontrollable thing, it and when is. you just keep letting it go. I've definitely worked on a set which I look back on now and go, pretty, pretty sure there would have been some asbestos there. Like, mm. like now there wasn't obviously a lot of like stuff being pulled apart, which is obviously the big risk with with asbestos. But yeah. it's still present. Yeah. It's still like this was an old building basement set kind of thing, and we shot there for a day. Mm. Um, and just breathing heavily the whole time. <laughs> well, well, yeah. well, well, all the crew, and this is pre-COVID, um, so this is this was unusual at the time. Yeah. All the crew wore masks. Huh. Um, and we, obviously, as the actors, couldn't wear them for long periods because sure. we were being shot. Huh. And uh, we, we had them, and we wore them between the takes. But, you know, it just... I think I said my lines a lot quicker that day, where it's like, yeah. okay, come on, let's get at it! Mask right on. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, it, I mean, it was... It was very dusty, but I do look at no, that. No, what kind of dust? Well, that's just it, yeah. You do look at it and you go, I mean, it looks authentic, but... Mm. It's it's funny you bring yeah. that up, though, because we were talking about how 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 many things you could get away with back in the, the that, like, 80s, oh, yeah. 90s film yeah, period, yeah. where I feel like even if they did know it was very heavily asbestos, that people would have been like, yeah, we'll just, we'll just film really quickly, right, guys? Everyone's yeah. fine with that? Yeah. Cool. Everyone just hold their breath. It'd yeah, good. Shane, you were talking about the one of the um, set people being electrocuted. Yeah, so that scene we're talking about with the big blood geyser in mm. Glenn's bedroom is obviously shot upside down, and you know we view it the other way around. But they didn't count for the fact that when that big gush of blood hit the electrics, the guy pouring the bucket of blood would just be electrocuted by all the lights that the water was hitting. And so the guy is actually just getting electrocuted with that whole shot, which they've only got one shot at. And God bless him, he stuck it through. Mm. You know? What a champ. Yeah, I, I highly recommend I think it's called um, Never Sleep Again. It's the documentary all about all of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. And right. like, you have a lot of the cast talking about like, yeah, maybe this wasn't so safe, but boy, what an experience to be part of. You yeah. know? There's a lot of that. Um, have a Lang... 
sorry, Heather Langenkamp. Yeah, I'll say that right. Uh, beat over two hundred actresses for the role of Nancy Thompson. Some of the actors that were apparently up for the role include Jennifer Grey. Okay. And Demi Moore. Oh. And Courtney Cox. Interesting. Interesting. Jinx. Mm. Yeah. I, I, how much of a different movie it would have been? Yeah, I, I'm. I like Jennifer Grey. Yeah. I don't know that Jennifer Grey would have been good as Nancy. <laughs> Was is that Jennifer Grey? Is that post Dirty Dancing at that point? It would have been pre Dirty Dancing and pre Ferris Bueller. Uh, yes. So I she, think okay, so. so she would have been like a relative unknown, I suppose. Yeah. So maybe it wouldn't have made much of a difference. Yeah. Um, but she's so good. I love that. that that's movie. just it. Yeah, Heather Langenkamp. And is... she comes. She comes back. And she's oh, great good. every time. I'm good. trying to imagine Courtney, young Courtney Cox in that. Mm. I can I, only I, picture I in, the, in that Bruce Springsteen video. I think it's Dancing in the Dark, where mm. she gets up on stage, she's dancing around. <laughs> the headband on. It's great. Yeah, Would, would have been very different. Um, Wes Craven first came up with the basic idea for the movie from a series of articles in the LA Times over a three-year period about a group of Southeastern Asian refugees from the Hmong tribe, several of whom died in the throes of horrific nightmares. The group had come to the US to escape the murderous regime of Pol Pot, and within a year of arriving, three men had all died in similar situations. The young, otherwise healthy man would have had a nightmare, then refused to sleep for as long as they could. When he finally fell asleep from exhaustion, he awoke screaming, then died. Autopsy results revealed that they had not died from heart failure, but had simply died. Oh, cool that that can happen in the real life. It was this inability to find a cause of death that intrigued Craven. Uh, medical authorities have since called the phenomenon Asian Death Syndrome. <laughs> cool. A, variant, a, var- Jesus. a variant of sudden, unexpected death syndrome and Bergada Syndrome. Mm. I don't love that it's called Asian Death Syndrome. No, it doesn't make me feel good. I, I, feel, Seems... I, I mean, they were from Asia. Yeah. But I feel like we can you come You could up... have just called it Death Syndrome, <laughs> you know? No, because Death Syndrome are a heavy metal band. That's oh, the, okay. That's the yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Or the, what did they have there? The Sudden sudden Death Syndrome? Uh, sudden Unexpected Death Syndrome. That, that's a lot more acceptable, but I it's think. A, but it's a subset of... Um, suds so um, yeah extra sudden yeah. unexpected <laughs> yeah maybe, maybe even nightmare death syndrome that works yeah yeah you know um, night- nightmares are for all races yeah we <laughs> can all die from this and that's great i was gonna say that's wild that there's just no i mean i wonder if they did test now we can't do something different but that's wild that mm. there's just no they just died yeah, yeah. that's it just psh, gone uh meanwhile the character of freddie himself um, came from several sources of Wes Craven's childhood. Um, Fred, Fred, <laughs> That's not disturbing at all. <laughs> uh, Fred Krueger was a school friend of his, um, whom he shared a paper route with and who had bullied him for several years. Oh, what a great friend. Yeah, I know, I know. That, that friend is doing a lot of heavy lifting there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so he named him after his, his school bully, which yeah. I think is, is quite fun. Can you imagine being Fred Krueger watching this and being like, ah, damn you, girl. But I bet he grew to love it, though, in a way. He was, yeah, he was like, oh, bullying got me this cool Pretty sweet. pop culture thing. Yeah. Sweet, gonna do it more. I'm the real Fred Krueger. Uh, Freddy's burns came from a man with severe burn scars by uh, whom Craven had once been terrified of as a child. And Freddy's attire, uh, particularly the dirty clothes and hat, were inspired by... And this is their words, an alcoholic hobo that Craven saw staring at him through his window one day when he was 10 years old. <laughs> Great. A bit like that Lean In Joe character that we named, the one that was watching Nancy. Oh, yeah. And it turned out to be he was part of the police trying to catch uh, Rod. But yeah, just, just people standing and staring at you. 
Paul Wes sound like he had a little little bit of a rough. Oh, look, we got some great time. movies out of it. Yeah, quite frankly, and that's and that's what matters. And that's the important thing is that yeah. we take those that trauma and we make art. Yeah, look, Wes Craven's trauma inadvertently led to the Battle of Helm's Deep being depicted on screen really well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, in so, a way, yeah, he's not wrong. So in a way, um, well done, bullies. Yeah, <laughs> I keep, keep it up. <laughs> and alcoholic homeless men staring at 10 year old yeah, children yeah. through their windows yeah <laughs> don't take it any further <laughs> but that's keep it up yeah uh the film cost 1.8 million dollars to produce of which only fifty-seven thousand dollars was reserved for special effects huh. the effect designer jim doyle accepted the job because he was desperate for work despite the low budget uh, the movie made back its entire budget in its opening weekend so uh well done cool big big success how's the freddy built Yes, that indeed. That seems like a small amount for the special effects that they had. Because mm. there were some good special effects. They spent most of it on blood. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Just for that gallons and gallons of blood. <laughs> yeah. Um, the very first time that we see Freddy in the movie, he isn't being played by Robert Englund, but by special effects man Charles Ballardinelli, because he was the only one who knew exactly how to cut the glove and insert the blades. Huh. So there you go. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. He just wanted a cameo. Yeah. Mm. It's, oh, yeah, it's really technical, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't do it. Uh, I, I'd have to... Yeah, i, I got to do it. It's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. And also, but put it in the credits. Put it in the credits, but... You got it. <laughs> or at least on IMDb. One of the main reasons that Johnny Depp was chosen for this film, and this was his film debut, mm-hmm. his feature film debut, was because Wes Craven's daughter thought he was, quote, dreamy, end oh, quote. Oh, what a dream boat. And she threatened to run away from home if he wasn't cast in the movie. That's how you wow. get it done. That's yeah. how you get it done. That's how you get it done. If there's anyone out there um, willing to vouch for me in the same way, I could <laughs> use the work. Um, yeah, that'd be great. If anyone's got some famous director parents, yeah, yeah that'd be great. Yeah. Mm. Has it got the one in there about the way Freddie stands, because that's one I really like. No. That the way that Robin, because when he put the glove on for the first time, he found it was a lot heavier than he was expecting, which mm. is why Freddie's got kind of an iconic kind of, he kind of leans with the, the glove hand hanging down low and he kind of walks kind of like a John Wayne sort of cowboy kind of thing. Oh, yeah. I think that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah, and that just carried on through all the movies. Mm. Another special effects person who played Freddie in this film was uh, the designer Jim Doyle. Uh, he is playing Freddie in the shot of Freddie pressing himself in, in the wall. Oh, uh, that right. effect was achieved by stretching a sheet of spandex across a hole in a wall. Spandex? Yes. Yeah. It's huh. just spandex. It's done quite well because the way... And then it switches back to the next shot. And you yeah. can clearly see that it's a solid wall. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that's yeah, Jim Doyle. So another person playing Freddy who yeah. isn't Robert Eng- Englund. Everyone got a turn by the sounds of it. Does... I mean, not really relevant for this movie, but does... Do you know if Englund plays him in the other movies as well? He play, Yeah, he always plays him. There's only... I think in... The fourth one, there's one shot where Freddy gets like turned into like a big hulking Freddy Krueger, uh, without spoiling it too much, and that's played by a different guy. But otherwise, it's, yeah, it's Robin England all the way. Is that the Marvel crossover with? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, the Incredible Fred. Yeah, the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> I mean, uh-huh. that is kind of what happens. You won't like me when I'm sleepy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's my secret. I'm always sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, it's time for us to score the film. Ooh, okay. And Dawson, you get to go first because this was your first time watching uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street. What would you give it out of 10? Out of 10, I feel like I would give it a, pr- a pretty high. I feel like I'd give it an, an, an 8.75. Oh. 8.75 knife fingers. Mm-hmm. 
out of ten. It's about how many fingers. fingers he had after he chopped off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a couple. Yeah, it was okay. Um, yeah, there wasn't. There genuinely wasn't much I, I didn't like about it. I, I thought it was a very, a very enjoyable movie, mm. and especially again from the time that it came in to still hold up that well now. Yeah, great. Yeah, I feel like it. Like it was a pretty groundbreaking movie, and in terms of like the genre, it set up a lot of the tropes that would get used like for years to come. Mm. Mm. Pretty cool movie. What about you, Shane? What what score would you give it? Um, I'm, I'm I think I'm pretty much the same. I'll give, I'm just going to give it a solid nine, which mm. is like one slash forward, one slash backwards, and then one singular finger <laughs> of knife fingers, <laughs> just to keep it clean. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but in like a teenage person's chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it's 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 really interesting having just watched The Brood, mm. which was uh, about five years before this, and v- sort of another, not quite a full horror. That one's a lot more of a psychological horror film, right. but that's got some special effects elements. But it's not a, it it, it lacks a charismatic villain chasing you it's more of a children of the corn kind of vibe Mm -hmm. um but also just the 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 attention that has clearly been put into a lot of this film uh by wes craven by the production team by the actors this is a really quite it's quite special actually i think like this shouldn't be as good as it is yeah i mean i think there's a reason why freddy's like such an iconic like horror horror maniac you know Mm, yeah no he's he's a lot of fun so i'm gonna give it uh eight Cha cha chows out of ten, which is the official measurement of Elm Street. Damn it, that was nine. Oh, I <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to watching at least one of the two that we still <laughs> yeah, have to correct. watch. Look, I, if anyone hasn't seen any of them, I really recommend just you can smash them all out mm. in a week and a half. They're all like I think the longest one is slightly over ninety minutes. Like they're not super long. Because yeah. I, I think that one, the time was only an hour and a half. It was ninety it? minutes. Yeah, they're yeah. all they're all about ninety minutes, which is pretty doable. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you can buy the um, seven movie. Uh, eight disc set that I bought yeah. for about thirty Australian dollars. Sweet deal, um, totally worth it. Yeah, for a lot of content. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, we, we can we can all enjoy that. Um, Dawson, would you like to come back and maybe watch another one of these? I'm yes, I'm very intrigued to see the second one now after after hearing you, about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm very intrigued to see how that plays up and then watch. You're going to have a different afterwards. experience, um, but I'm intrigued to see. It. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Well, we'll get you back on next week uh, or, or next time um, for for Freddy's revenge. Freddy's return. Mm. Freddy's mm. return. He's not getting no revenge. Slash revenge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Shane, uh, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. It's been a pleasure. It has been a real pleasure. And for those of you listening at home, uh, thank you for listening in. Hey, uh, if you want to find out more news about the program uh, updates things like that then you can find us on facebook just search for the cinema catch-up club there give us a like you'll get news and updates as and when they occur we also have the patreon um because uh oh money 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 it's quite nice um but also it's important for keeping the lights on you know hosting the the stuff online is not for free uh that costs money things like that if you want to help um fund us we could be the next New Line Cinema. We could make the podcast equivalent of Lord of the Rings in 30 years, but only if you keep us from going bankrupt. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to help us, uh, just go to patreon.com forward slash CCUC podcast uh, and type that slash with some Freddy Vigor when you're going there. And finally, subscribe. Um, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, however you choose to listen to your podcast, whether or not you choose to listen to them to keep you awake at night because you're trying to avoid falling asleep and confronting 
a child murderer. Uh, we'll be there with new episodes almost each and every week. I can't guarantee if there'll be another strike. I hope <laughs> <laughs> But whenever we can, we will be there. Uh, but that is all for this week. So until next time, goodbye. Don't go to sleep. Toodaloo. Ciao, ciao, ciao. <laughs> Hang on a minute. There's a tongue coming out of this microphone. <laughs> You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.